Business Desk Today is the podcast for New Zealand business leaders. Your daily business briefing from the team at businessdesk.co.nz. Tēnā and welcome to Business Desk Today, the daily wrap of our top stories. Today is Wednesday the 30th of August and I'm Ben Moore. Today we cover the IMF's advice for New Zealand, Auckland Light Rail's Mangari Dithering and the latest business of government. But first up, Meridian Energy's results presentation was defined by conversation about the uncertain future of the energy market. Ian Llewellyn's report on the results covers the gamut of the topics that were discussed, but the main concern is over whether the TY Point aluminium smelter, New Zealand's single largest electricity user, will continue to operate. The last time the smelter had threatened closure in 2020, Meridian and others settled a deal eight months before the termination of the then-electricity contract. This had not left the smelter with a lot of runway to continue operations, and the current energy supply deal runs out at the end of 2024. Meridian's chief financial officer, Mike Rohn, said the smelter's majority owner, Rio Tinto, wants to decarbonize its aluminium production profile, and it had the opportunity to do this at TY, but only it could know whether it was economic. Meridian Energy says it is ready for a future with or without the TY Point aluminium smelter, but it is hoping the long-running negotiations will bring certainty, one way or another, reasonably soon. In David Chaplin's latest investment column, he explains the International Monetary Fund, or IMF's, economic advice for New Zealand, which emphasized fiscal restraint, improved taxation, and inflation control. While the IMF acknowledges the country's progress amid a policy-induced slowdown and a skewed current account deficit, it warns of external risks and potential monetary tightening needs. Beyond immediate concerns, the report highlights long-term challenges stemming from infrastructure gaps, climate change, low productivity, ageing and inequality. IMF recommends revisiting a capital gains tax to address inequality, lowering corporate tax rates, and adjusting marginal tax rates for fairness. However, New Zealand authorities are cautious, stating that these suggestions aren't currently on their tax policy agenda. The report also addresses the need for superannuation system reforms to handle fiscal and demographic shifts. It briefly mentions the New Zealand Superannuation Fund and KiwiSaver, which recently exceeded $100 billion in funds under management. Despite these recommendations, the government's response remains tentative. Ollie Lewis has uncovered that despite the company set to deliver Auckland's light rail project, making a big deal of the transformational potential of the project for South Auckland suburbs like Mangere, that section is likely to be one of the last of the project to be completed. Auckland Light Rail maintains it hasn't decided how the 24-kilometre route between the central city and Mangere will be staged. Last week, the company released its preferred route and station location for Mangere following public consultation earlier this year. Despite 80% of respondents saying they preferred a route connecting to the town centre, ALR opted for a station near the motorway, about 450 metres away. The reason for this, Parker said, is that the motorway option is meant to deliver faster travel times, a more reliable service, and help serve the wider Mangare community. He didn't think it was misleading or premature for ALR to have used renders showing a station in the town centre for promotion. After the break, the latest from the business of government, plus a look at the markets.
Welcome back. In this week's edition of The Business of Government, a column edited by the inimitable Jem Traylon, battle lines are being drawn over the size of the public service. On Monday, we heard from Labour which laid down the challenge to other parties over what could be afforded from the diminishing tax take without cutting public services and benefits. Later this week, we're assured we will hear how National will pay for their tax cuts, which are estimated to cost $11 billion over four years. Both sides have contractors and consultants firmly in their sights, with Labour aiming to reduce this spend by $165 million a year, while National is targeting $400 million. Labour has already got the ball rolling by requiring chief executives to trim their baseline budgets by $500 million per year and putting in place new cabinet rules that require ministers to justify to their colleagues why external resources are needed to develop policy advice. Also in the column, cost recovery budget headaches, the movings and shakings, and a quick look at the blueprint for building out digital services. And now, the markets. Tourism Holdings' Sean Brightly, Fisher & Paykel Healthcare had a volatile day after providing its latest guidance, and a calm New Zealand share market produced a near half percent gain. After trading steadily for most of the day, the S&P NZX50 index had a late surge and closed at 11,528.12, up 49.11 points or 0.43%. There were 76 gainers and 46 decliners on the main board, with 25.17 million shares, with $90.4 million changing hands. Find the full story on all of these and more at businessdesk.co.nz. That's all for today. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of your week. 